Hey everyone, what's up? It is Jeff from MCS Magazine, and welcome to podcast episode number 280. Okay, so first, if my voice sounds a little bit different this week, I am traveling right now, and I am using basically a ghetto microphone that I was able to find for this broadcast. So don't adjust your speakers. Just give me a little bit of forgiveness if things sound a little bit off, okay? All right, now, as far as this week's topic, I know it might sound a little strange to you, but I promise that it has very real life-or-death implications. See, one of the things that I notice a lot on the range, both with students that I've trained as well as those that I've trained alongside, is a failure to focus on the right things that would apply during a true gunfight scenario. And when I say focus, I truly mean focus, like with your eyeballs. In fact, there are five distinct mistakes that I see most shooters make in where they look at which times that I'm going to cover. And I think that these are going to be a real eye-opener for you. Yes, pun intended there. It's all coming right up, but first, don't worry about taking notes because we've done all the heavy lifting for you with this week's free show notes you can download by just going over to www.mcsmagazine.com slash 280. And now, let's talk tactics. Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. All right, all right. Welcome back, everyone. This is Jeff Anderson, editor for Modern Combat and Survival Magazine. And okay, where to look? I, I know, I, I know, I know, I know. This sounds like it's kind of simple and stupid, right? Of course I know where to look. There's the bad guy, there are my sights, I line the two up, I pull the trigger, bang, bang, the guy goes down. The next thing I look at are the headlines in the paper the next day telling everyone what a hero I was. Well, listen, you got to make it to the headlines alive first. And unfortunately, there are several mistakes that I see on the range when the finger is actually on the trigger that could prevent that from happening in a real gunfight. And even though we're talking about training here, you can absolutely be sure that the old adage of you'll perform twice as bad in a gunfight as your worst day on the range is absolutely true. And unfortunately, what I find is that the mistakes of where people are looking aren't exactly seen as mistakes. People don't notice them. And if you don't notice them, you can't correct them. And that's where they end up becoming training scars that will pop up at the worst moment because you get used to doing those the more and more you train the wrong way of doing things. So that when it comes to an actual gunfight, when you actually have to draw your weapon and pull that trigger, you're relying on instincts. You're not able to think through that moment. So those training scars become potentially life or death things that would affect the outcome of that gunfight, right? So I also want to point out here that this happens to even those that would you would consider expert shooters. In fact, what first got me thinking about covering this topic for the podcast was I was watching a video of um, somebody that's in our network, is an instructor that's in our network, somebody that you know, somebody that you respect, somebody you've seen in the magazine, somebody you've seen on television, somebody that you've seen, seen, seen. And I saw this person making a very bad mistake with where he was focusing during a demonstration that he was doing on the range, okay? Now, that mistake is, is going to be mistake number three that I'll cover here in just a minute. And, and I hope he's listening to this podcast, and I'm not going to name who it is, um, but I also want to make sure that you can recognize these mistakes now so that you can correct them and you can start practicing positive gunfighting habits that will save your life in a real gunfight. Okay. Now, as I said, there are five visual mistakes that I notice. So let's go ahead and hit these now. I'm going to kind of take these in order here from you identify that there is a bad guy and you go and you draw your weapon. Okay. Now we know that 
you're not going to look down and see where your gun is and pull it out and and draw it and line it up on the attacker here right so i'm going to assume that you don't have to look down to see where your weapon is and i don't see that on the range when we do any sort of concealed carry exercises but what i do see is people that are using the traditional way of looking at their sights and the bad guy in fact i just had this debate with somebody last night as a matter of fact over dinner and so mistake number one with this these visual mistakes is looking at the rear sights and the front sights and the bad guy and trying to line all three up now we did a podcast episode this was a this was an eye-opener for me there's that pun right again right um but i this was a, a change that i made with my weapon because I'm not a marksmanship shooter. I am a gunfight trainer. All right. So what I'm looking for is I own I, I own a gun and I carry a gun with me concealed strictly for the purposes of personal defense. And so from that standpoint, I'm not looking to train down at the range as if I'm going for marksmanship training. I'm training for life or death survival in a real extreme close quarters gunfight because that's where gunfights happen. Now, first of all, every time that we do force on force training with our students we and these are expert shooters people that have had lots of time behind the gun um what we find is that we do after action reviews people say they've never even saw their sights okay but those people that are able to get the weapon up if you have a little bit of reaction time there we tell people to go ahead and black out or reverse the sights on their rear sights okay so this first this first one here is um and I, I forgot what episode number it was but it was with my friend nate seabrook who got this tip from a delta operator and this is what they do and it makes it made total sense to me you can hear my aha moment in that in that podcast is like you know what and i changed things from that point on so i'm willing to change my mind on what is considered you know good good training a good practice for a real gunfight so the one thing i do is i black out those rear sights or on my glock i just basically take out the rear sight and i just flip it around so that i can't see the dots on the rear sight so all i'm looking at is the target and the the front sight and really what i'm looking at is the target okay so um so this first part here is looking at those rear sights and that's what traditionally what you'll find is that people will tell you that there's the bad guy you draw your weapon you line up the rear sights with the front sight and you put those center mass on the target well in a real gunfight you're not going to have the ability to line all three of those up now i know people get really pissed at me when i say this and they debate well yes i will be able to and then again i'm going to go back to you will perform twice as bad in a real gunfight as your worst day on the range when the adrenaline is going your brain only wants it's looking for information it's looking for visual information and it doesn't get that with the sights life or death is sometimes measured in fractions of a second and your brain knows that your, your instincts are to survive. I don't care what you can logically think about right now. Your instincts are going to take over. And when that happens, your eyes are going to focus in on that target because that is the threat. Now, taking the time to go from your instincts of looking at the threat and then looking back at your rear sights and your, and your front sights and lining all of those up, that takes conscious thought when there is still an active threat in front of you perhaps even with a weapon perhaps shooting at you perhaps charging at you perhaps around other people that you you also have to make sure that you don't shoot them that is a threat also 
And when that's happening, that thought is not going to be there. So if you're going to pull that trigger in any sort of life-saving life saving time frame, you are not going to be able to line up those two sets of sights and the bad guy who is moving, I might add, okay? So, but you have to be able to pull that trigger. That's why we tell people, with training, you can actually see the front sight, okay, if it's, if it's done right. And that's one of the things we talk about in our Extreme Close Quarters Combat Shooting um, course. You can do that but you're not going to be able to line up those rear sights as well, all right? So you can go back and listen to that episode. We'll go ahead and put a link here on the uh, on the the, uh, the website in the resources section there that'll go help you go back there, and you'll ex- we'll explain why we do that with the, with the rear sights there. And you can make your own determination of how you want to proceed from there. But mistake number one is looking at your rear sights, your front sights, and the bad guy. Try to do that all at the same time. All right. It can be trained where you just use the front sights, but even that is going to take training. Trust me. All right. That's mistake number one. All right. Mistake number two here is when we when we get a gun stoppage. Now, I see this all the time. So as much as we talk about how you need to be able to learn how to tap rack and shoot, you need to be able to clear those stoppages when you're pulling the trigger, pulling the trigger, and all of a sudden you pull the trigger and the gun doesn't go bang. And that's not because of a, um, a spent magazine, but you might get a stovepipe or you might get a double feed and you get a, a gun stoppage there. And I see this on the range all the time, unless the only time that I don't see this really is either somebody that is super trained, which is not many people out there, or if we're doing stoppage drills where people are expecting that the gun is not going to go bang at some point. And so what ends up happening is that people, if it's a regular uh, training drill we're doing and it's not about stoppage drills, they're pulling the trigger, pulling the trigger, pulling the trigger. They pull the trigger, the gun doesn't go bang or they get a mushy trigger. And then they try to pull it again and it doesn't pull. So what do they do? They stop what they're doing and they look at the handgun. Okay. They look to see if there's a stovepipe. They look at the handgun to see, like, they just kind of inspect it. It's almost like at the at the the gun shop and you're inspecting a weapon. They're looking for why the gun isn't going bang. And you'll see the instructors come over and it's like, what's going on here? And they'll go through it and it's like, okay, we'll go through your stoppage drill and do this. Again, your worst day on the range, right? And in a gunfight, if you're used to, you don't know what to do exactly right there then you're going to stop and you're like, hmm, I wonder why the gun isn't going bang. And you'll look at it like, what isn't ha- what's happening here? Now, most likely in a real gunfight, you're not even going to do that. If it's not going bang, you're just going to like freeze and then freak out. And then you're just going to either, you don't know how you're going to react then, right? Because we teach stoppage drills. They're immediate action drills. And they're called immediate action drills for a reason. Because you have to be practiced in stoppage drills so that when it doesn't go bang, you instinctively go into an immediate action drill. You go ahead and you tap the magazine, you rack the slide, and you go to shoot again. Okay, that's the immediate action drill. That's what you have to train and it does take training. As I said, the only time that we really don't see this on the range is if we're doing stoppage drills or if it is somebody that has truly trained for immediate action drills for a stoppage. All right. So when it when the gun doesn't go bang, you need to keep your eyes on the bad guy. Again, that bad guy is going to be moving. If he's getting shot at, I mean, if it's a stoppage drill, it's because you 
pull the trigger and it went bang and then all of a sudden didn't go bang after that and that's what you're kind of at least hoping for you at least get one bang out of there right well, when that happens that guy that's standing there isn't just going to be standing there that person's going to be moving either toward you away from you to the side of you and you still have other people around you so maybe somebody that hears the bang goes off running and they actually run in front of uh, the line of sight that you have or in, you know, in front of where that bullet might go. So you have to be able to maintain knowledge of where your target is and where everything is around you all at the same time. And so if that gun goes off and you're now looking and inspecting your weapon, well, that's a, a training hab- That's a training scar that you're going to develop on the range. You do not want to take your eyes off of that target. Right? And that's a bottom line foundational principle here that you need to remember throughout everything that we're talking about here is that the bad guy is going to be moving either toward you, away from you, at you, hurting somebody else. Other people are going to be around you. There's going to be movement around. You cannot take your eyes off of your target. You need to know whether they draw a weapon or, I mean, most likely that person is going to have a weapon. If, you're, if you've got your weapon out, it's going to be a life-threatening situation. But you need to be able to make sure that you have positive recognition of your threat and everything around you all at the same time. And if you're visually taking your eyes away from that, that's where you're going to get into a lot of problems here, okay? So number one was you're taking your eyes off of your target and everything around you because you're looking at your sights and you're trying to line those up. Number two here was you're looking at the gun and a stoppage drill. It doesn't go bang anymore, and all of a sudden you're trying to inspect your weapon, all right? Now, coming up is going to be mistake number three that started this whole broadcast to begin with that got me thinking about this, and that's coming right up. But first, check out this special message. What if everything you knew about how to stop a violent attacker with your gun was wrong? Discover the advanced tactics you must know now to protect yourself and those you love with a firearm. Check out our free book, Stopping Power Secrets. Inside, you'll find such no-hold-barred shockers as one, the three most common myths and misinformation shoveled out by movies and gun range know-it-alls that could get you killed in a real-life gunfight. Two, the cold, hard truth about your personal weapon's ability to be a one-shot man-stopper. Three, what coroners know about selecting the right ammo for your firearm that you don't. Four, and the simple training trick used by Abrams tank crews and commercial airline pilots that will prepare you for a real attack even better than your best day at the range. Don't place your family's safety in the hands of Hollywood fairy tales and hearsay. Claim your free copy of Stopping Power Secrets now now at www.stoppingpowersecrets.com. And now, back to the show. Okay, welcome back, everybody. We are talking about the top five mistakes that I see with visual focus problems on the range that could really be life or death consequences in a real gunfight. So we've covered the first two here. Now let's go ahead and go into number three. And this is the this actually was what spurred this whole podcast on because I was watching a, a video of one of the instructors in our network demonstrating some shooting skills, and a it was, it was a reload that was happening, and when this person did the reload he brought the gun down into his workspace in front of his chest okay and this is going to be this is going to this is going to make sense here in just a minute but brought down in the workspace just as most people are trained down in front of their chest and did a reload and instead of looking at the target he was looking at where the reload was going so he he, he ejected the, the magazine that was in the weapon loaded another one in and was looking at putting that magazine into the magazine well 
and reloading that weapon and then brought the weapon back up and then shot the targets. Now these were paper targets. They were stationary paper targets on the range. You, As we said, the bottom line principle here is that you have a, an attacker that is going to move. You have people around that could be moving and you do not take your eyes off of that target. And that includes during reloads. Now the first problem here is where that workspace is. So this expert instructor, and I'm talking this is an expert shooter. A, a competition match shooter for IDPA and then also somebody that you know love and you and you respect from the magazines and from television okay but what happened was he brought the weapon down and knew and this was a reload exercise okay brought the weapon down into his workspace and was looking at it as he was drawing his other magazine and putting it into the magazine well okay and then brought the weapon up well in that time frame even though it might seem like it's a split second which is actually more than a split second. But even if it's a second, a lot can happen in a second. Don't forget that that Tuller drill said that an attacker can close that distance of just 21 feet in a matter of 1.5 seconds, right? So so this was a drill that was done. I'm not going to go into a Tuller drill, and you know it's it's been misinterpreted a lot of different ways anyway. But nonetheless, it only takes about a, a second and a half for somebody to be right on top of you before you're able to get to your gun in the Tuller drill. But here we're talking about a reload, which is a clumsy, clumsy thing for most people to do because they don't really train for reloads. Okay, so. The whole point here is that a lot can happen in a split second or in, especially in like a second or a second and a half. You might have people that are in front of you now that weren't there before if it's an active shooter situation. So bottom line here again, you do not want to take your eyes off of the target and that includes during reload. So there's a couple different things here. So number one is where exactly is your workspace? So you'll hear that a lot from instructors. It's kind of like the, the, you know, the tag words of the industry. You'll say like, okay, you bring the weapon down into your workspace. And they'll show you bringing it down around chest level here. That's your, your workspace. Now, there's some advantages of that with retention and, and um, things like that. But I'm not going to be reloading if I have somebody that close to me where I need to be able to retain my weapon at the same time. I'm going to switch to either another weapon, either a backup weapon or hand-to-hand -hand or whatever it's going to be. If I get a stoppage and somebody's that close or if I run dry... I'm not going to be trying to reloading while somebody's trying to pound my pound my coconut in, all right? So, your workspace should be right in the line of sight where you can still maintain visual recognition of where that threat is and what that threat is doing. So, the way that we train this is if you have the weapon in front of you, you're shooting, 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 um, the gun goes dry, you need to do a reload or you do a stoppage and it's not, you do an immediate action drill and it's not working and you have an extra magazine that you can just reload there. All you do is you rotate, it's still in your line of sight where, where you have the, um, the weapon trained on your target. You rotate that gun in your line of sight. Now, you look you rotate you um sorry you ro you rotate it to the side but you don't cover up your target at the same time you basically still have your target in visual access uh, visual access here rotate the weapon and then you reload while you are maintaining visual um, recognition of your threat so your reloads have to be trained so that you can get it in there without having to look at the weapon and, and making sure that you're inserting the magazine into the magazine well you need to be able to do that without looking at the weapon to be able to do that but again your workspace is not down in front of your chest your workspace is your line of sight so that your gun 
and the, the, the target are still maintaining um, you can still see both at the same time okay but your visual your your uh, where you're focusing is still going to be on your target and what's happening around your target around that attacker all right so make sure that that is the way that you're training and again this is one of those things where people are training reloads they might even be able to get it in their line of sight they might practice that way or, or they might not be able to they might so one of those two things they might bring it down to their chest and they don't have to look at the gun that's fine um, but you want it up there in the line of sight so that you are still watching the target okay and that's mistake number three that I see mistake number four is is not looking at something when your target is down now this is a you're gonna see you can go onto YouTube you can go onto full30.com and, and watch some of the the videos out there you can see you can see this in a, in pretty much every single video that I've seen out there even from the most experienced instructors and shooters out there so what we're taught is that when the target goes down you um you can't stay hyper focused on the guy that went down because there might be other threats around you so you look to the left and you look to the right and so you'll see this done in in every good instructor teaches people how to do this right um if it's not looking for other attackers you're also looking for where can you get to cover so that this person does come back to um uh, is reanimated after he goes down he wakes up becomes conscious again draws another weapon cover is going to be your best your best ally there also if there are other or if there are other attackers that you don't necessarily see you can at least get to cover where if somebody does come out to attack you again you have covered that's going to be your best friend um, but what ends up happening is this is another one of those training scars that I see happen because it becomes really just emotion left and right. So, uh, man, I, I get, I, I, I'm telling you, I see this 100% of the time. I don't think I've seen any other video out there that takes this away from just being an exercise, uh, like a futile exercise, basically, of just motion. So you see people look left and look right. It's just like a glance, a glance. It's a it's an obligatory left and right movement without any actual meaning. And again, you're going to perform twice as as poorly in a real gunfight as your worst day at the range. For me, every time I see this, this is one of the worst mistakes I see at the range. Now, at least people are looking left and right. But what are you doing if you're just like boom boom? Did you even see anything? No, it, it, what ends up happening is that instructors themselves teach this without telling people the meaning of, not, they tell what the meaning is, but they don't make it an actual exercise of what you do, of, of reinforcing why you're doing it. And, and so the, the thought here is that we're teaching you to look left and right, and we just know that in a real gunfight, you will actually look left and right, and you will actually look for bad guys, or they will be so obvious because they're coming out of nowhere, and you'll see them coming at you with a weapon. No, I'm afraid that's not going to happen. One, you have the um, you have tunnel vision when your adrenal when your when your adrenaline is through the roof, as it will be in a real gunfight. You're scared. You're shaking. You're going to have that visual tunneling there where your your hyper focus is going to be straight in front of you so unless you when you look left and right you're not going to have that peripheral vision there to be able to pick up those visual cues that somebody else is coming at you but nonetheless if you're creating a training scar by just boom boom left right and that's at the range well that's what you're going to do in a real gunfight also so there is a way out of this fortunately there is a way out of this okay and that is that Every time you do this, every time you go to the range, every time you shoot that weapon, 
yes, you do look to the left and you do look to the right, but we teach people to identify three things. Identify three things that you see when you look to the left and then when you look to the right. So you look to the left, identify three things. So you're actually looking. Is there a person there? Is there a car there? Is there a building there? Is there a door there? Is there a shed there? Are there targets lying on the ground? Are there people around? Identify specifically three things when you look to the left. And then when you look to the right, identify three things when you look to the right. All right? So what this does is that in a real gunfight, again, you're going to perform worse than that. So if you can identify three things in training, you might only identify one thing. Or, But the whole point here is that you're training yourself to not just look left and look right, but look left and see what's to the left and look right and see what's to the right. You see how the difference is there? You're actually training yourself to identify something that is to the left and to the right, whether that's friend or foe, whether it's a threat that's that's going to be on the left and right. All right. And if you identify three things, then at least in a gunfight, you're, you know you're going to look and you're looking for something. And that might only be one thing that you even need to look at there. All right. But that's what you need to do. Now, another thing, way you can take this to the next level here is to set up bad guy targets behind you and friendly targets behind you. Now, you can use 3D targets like we teach in the Tactical Gun, uh, the Tactical Funhouse course. You can use paper targets that are on. Uh, on on range stands there's a lot of you can use real people that might uh, you can do this in airsoft you can do this you so you can set up different scenarios behind you so that you're actually looking for is there a bad guy there is another threat there okay that's another way that you can get there the other thing that you're looking for there is what what cover do you have so if you're an instructor when people look to left look to the left and look to the right ask them where was the cover that you saw over there so those are different ways that you can kind of test people to get their minds thinking in terms of what is to the left and what is to the right all right this is a big one this is a big one folks this is something you can do this is something you'll notice out there on different on different um videos that you'll see of people doing instruction you'll see it at the range every time you go there most of the time you won't see any peop, anybody even looking to the left and looking to the right and it's something that you should do every single time okay and if you are at the range and every time you go through your magazine look to the left look to the right and try and identify different things each time it's just going to train your brain to be able to look for different different stuff out there okay okay now this last one here is going to is again going to seem a little bit strange to you here but i have a reason for this one and that is looking at your holster when putting your weapon back into the holster when you're done shooting it okay so you get done pulling um, shooting the rounds and you're going to go down range with everybody else and you'll see people look back at their at their holster and put their and put their gun back in the holster well there's no need to look back there if you know where your holster is now you draw your weapon you don't look back to see your weapon when you go to draw it I've, i don't see people doing that so you know where your holster is now i know i get it if it's concealed you might have clothing that is over top of it right well don't you have to clear that clothing when you draw your weapon to begin with all you're doing when you're reholstering your weapon is reversing everything when it came to holstering your uh, drawing your weapon anyway so just the same way that you went back you cleared your clothing you put you you drew your weapon well you're going to do the same thing not exactly in reverse there right it's not going to be like that but you go back 
you you maintain visual contact with the threat so in a real gunfight you draw your weapon you clear your clothing you draw your weapon you shoot the target target goes down you don't want to take your eyes off of that target you don't know when that person is going to pop back up you don't know if there are going to be other threats around there so you don't you're not going i mean you're going to keep your weapon out anyway as long as that target is still a threat uh, now if they're dead and there's no other bad guys around well you're going to you're going to holster your weapon but again i do not want to take my it's bad practice to take your eyes off of that threat so why do people continue to do that when you reholster your weapon because we feel like it's safe right it's safe to do that we're at the range it's one of those relaxed those relaxed actions that people do that they think just doesn't apply to a real gunfight it has real no purpose well it has no real purpose but it does it does now the other thing that it does here is that it reinforces its location when you're drawing so reholstering your weapon is drawing practice it is drawing practice so when you you can go back you clear your clothing again just as you do with drawing your hand is going back in that same motion as when you drew so you're just reversing that action of of your your weapon when you're holstering your weapon so you don't have to look down to do that so why do you don't <laughs> don't do it anymore all right now when you holster your weapon i i don't want you to look back at your at your holster i want you to be able to put it back in there just clearing your clothing the same way consider that training for drawing your weapon at the same time all right i get it these are five very unique things that most people don't ever even think about and some of these may even go i mean you might notice that you have different training scars related to some of these things i want to hear from you okay um, do you find yourself doing these? Are you going to change your training? Are there other mistakes that you find with visual cues that people um, that you see at the range or that you found yourself doing and you've out you've trained it out of you? I want to hear from you. So make sure that you go ahead and go over to our blog over at moderncombatsurvival.com where this podcast episode is and go ahead and leave a comment there. What do you think about these five tips? Have you, have you seen people doing these? What have you done to train yourself out of these different uh, training scars, these different training mistakes when it comes to visual uh, focus and where where it is when you're training and how it would apply to a gunfight can't wait to hear from you make sure you go over to moderncombatandsurvival.com leave me a comment there this is jeff anderson until our next modern combat and survival broadcast saying prepare train and survive this has been modern combat and survival. survival we hope you've enjoyed the show you can help us out by rating our podcast on itunes and leaving a comment you can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Modern Combat and Survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. This has been Modern Combat and Survival. <laughs>